Ready, set, save, California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure-ready Explorer or the all-new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day sellathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September third. Hello and welcome to Laying the Points, a sports betting podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt LaMarca. I'm an employee of Fantasy Labs and the Action Network, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. I'm joined today by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at KyleTweetsHere. Uh, Kyle, how's everything going? It's good. We are in the uh, we're in the final push, as uh, you know, we are in the end game right now as it pertains to the uh, the preseason. Now we're kind of. Um, we're in almost a different slate of preseason where at this point it really doesn't matter. Like you thought it didn't matter before, it really doesn't matter now. But that's how you know football's just around the corner. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully uh, we don't cause anybody to retire at the end of this show. You know, last time we recorded our AFC South podcast and, you know, I, I believe that we were at least partially responsible for the Andrew Luck thing. Um. Yeah, but at this rate, like... We've got a 50-50 chance of that being a positive thing because if, like, if Joe Flacco retires, are you like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> you know, if Derek Carr retires, as long as Nathan Peterman doesn't get in, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. Although, if we curse Patrick Mahomes, I, I don't know what I'd do with myself. So. Nah, we got to go to Glenn on. I would, I would take that, honestly. I like my backup quarterback to have a lot of neck, Kyle. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, before uh, we get into the show, I just want to remind you guys about the Rotoviz Patreon. Uh, become a Rotoviz patron, gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 a month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. Uh, also, want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass. You do that by going to the podcast homepage, which is rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium content, and it supports the pod. Uh, for, plus, for a limited time only, we are also offering a two-year subscription, which includes a 10% discount and complimentary access to the Rotoviz Radio Patreon. Uh, all you have to do is head to rotoviz.com slash podcast, sign up via the two-year RV Radio subscription, and we will email you the Slack details within 48 hours. Uh, once again, rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, Kyle, like you said, this is the end game. This is the final part of our NFL preview series. Uh, we're looking at the AFC West today. Some would say that we saved the best for last. Uh, we've already covered each of the other seven divisions, so check those out if you miss them. Uh, all lines today, courtesy of our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. 
Let's start with the Chiefs. Their regular season over-under right now is set at 10.5 wins. Uh, it is juiced towards the over, minus 130. They are minus 400 to make the playoffs, minus 180 to win the division, plus 275 to win the AFC, plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. So this is your favorite right here, or at least one of the favorites. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts here? I mean, offensively, this was you know, one of the best seasons we've ever seen for the Chiefs in 2018. So can they duplicate it? What are your thoughts here on the Chefs? Am I crazy for thinking that they might be able to duplicate, maybe not the exact stats. Like I believe they were um, like the second most scoring offense of all time. That will be hard to replicate, but can they be a good enough offense that like, you don't have to be a generational offense. You don't have to be the best offense of all time to go over 10 and a half wins. You just have to be really good. And I think they've made, uh, they've sort of insulated themselves against some of the regression, uh, mainly with the additions of McCall Hardman and the breakout late last season with Damian Williams, where I think they, they sort of secured themselves a running back who I, I'm not sure what it's going to be like because he's a guy who's only had 50 carries ever in a season, but he was good last year when they gave him the chance. I, I mean, running backs don't matter, but if they did, it, you know, he's looking just great. They got themselves an electric back in Darwin Thompson, and now they are saying he is the second running back on the team as opposed to Carlos Hyde. So they're not going to have a, a plotter, at least their plans are to not have a plotter. They're going to have a, a Chris Thompson, Giovanni Bernard type. I'd love to see that with Patrick Holmes. If there's any way I can see a running back adding value, it's by being Chris Thompson. So add a player like that to this team. Then, of course, they add McCall Hardman because we thought Tyreek Hill, or at least it seemed like they thought Tyreek Hill might not be playing for some portion of this season. I'm not sure, uh, you know, not sure who sold their soul to get him on the field week one, but they did, and he will be there. So really, this looks like uh, like an offense that was bound for regression that has now added so much talent on the edges that I could see them maybe not repeating, but like really phasing away the regression uh, as much as a team can do. And for me, that's the most important part uh, is the fact that I think this offense can sort of sustain itself. Uh, am I crazy for saying 10 and a half? might be over no i don't think you're crazy i mean we you didn't even mention the most important part of the offense in my opinion and that's andy reed this guy just always puts together a great offense doesn't matter if he's in philadelphia or kansas city doesn't matter who his quarterback is i mean this was a team that was really good with alex smith at the helm so now that he's got a legit MVP caliber quarterback playing for him and Patrick Mahomes. We got to see what what that Andy Reid offense would look like, and uh, it didn't disappoint. I'm expecting the offense to remain, you know, really really good. Even if we see some regression from Mahomes, I don't think it's going to be enough where this team falls out of like the top three or you know top five is probably worst case scenario. Uh, the bigger questions here are on the defensive side of the ball. They were dead last in early down success rate last year, dead last in run defense DVOA, 26th in defensive efficiency overall. Now, those problems aren't huge when you're up, you know, 14 points in the first half in every game. And they did blitzkrieg teams at will last year. And when you get out to a big lead, it really opens up your pass rush. And they made up for a lot of their defensive deficiencies by just getting after the quarterback. They were tied for first in the league with 52 sacks. So to me, the question for this Chiefs team is, can they replicate that 
pass rush production now that D Ford and Justin Houston are gone. Uh, they they certainly ha- are trying to b- replicate that production by bringing in some some good players. I mean, Alex Okafor, Manuel Agba, Frank Clark, all guys that can get after the passer. But any sort of dip in that pass rush, and we this defense could be, you know, really not just 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 a bad unit. And that would be awesome for DFS. Like the Chiefs would become, you know, just a, a weekly target if they're. I mean, they already are, but they would become in in every week, like stack them up, game stacks left and right. Like everybody remembers that game they played against the Rams last year where neither team could stop either team. Like if their pass rush is not good, we could be seeing a lot of, you know, fourth quarter shootout type of games, um, which I think is going to be fun for obviously for fantasy purposes. But it does make me a little bit hesitant to back them to win 11 plus games. I also think another reason I want to be on this team is because I see like I see five wins almost at a minimum in their division. Uh, I I can't almost imagine a world where the Raiders or the Broncos really contest them. And yeah, the Chargers are probably they're going to be favorites at home. I'd imagine they're a good team. and I I like them coming up, too. But they beat the Chargers at home, you assume, uh, or they beat the Chargers in Kansas City. And I have no fears about beating Bron- beating the Broncos, beating the Raiders. Don't I like sleep them on get- that game in Denver. You know, they gave the Chiefs trouble last year. Yeah, that was cute when they did that. You're like, oh, you, you know, little little dog rounded a big dog is adorable. But I think you play that game a hundred times. And how many times do you think they win that? The Broncos win that game? Uh, I don't know. 40%? 33%? 33% feels feels fair. I, I, I would feel confident in projecting them, uh, you know, within half a game of five wins in this division alone. And I think, uh, like, they've got a really one really strong opponent in the division than two weak ones. So I think it, it's possible they they nearly sweep the division. I, that's I feel good about that. I I feel good about this team preventing themselves from regression. Ten and a half is a a large total to go over. But if there were a team to do it, it would be either like this team or the Patriots. You know, that's if there were a young team to do it, a team that we haven't seen, you know, build a dynasty yet. It would be this team for me. So no, no concerns about the defense. I, so, yeah, some concerns. I think that's that's the only thing holding me back because uh, the offense, I mean, you can't have a single concern about this offense. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only reason I would be hesitant in the slightest. And I think they they did like the, the best they could probably do by getting Frank Clark. Uh, like there's there's not much you can do by losing uh, about losing players like Justin Houston. Uh, you know, that's a. Uh, it's a tough loss, but I think in general, I'm willing to back an offense more than I am to be afraid sure. of this defense, uh, which is going to be bad. Like, I don't think, you know, they they did one thing well last year was rush the passer. They're probably not going to do it as well this year, but they didn't really have a problem winning games last year. So I think that is like the one concern and uh, it's a fair concern. But I think uh, this team's almost built to win like some college football teams. It reminds me of. Say I wanted it was probably Brandon Whedon's Oklahoma State team where they would blaze you. And you would score a lot of points on them, but they were like top, uh, top in NCAA in turnovers forced and sacks. Like they made big plays on defense. They weren't good on defense necessarily, but they can swing the tide of a game on defense and then their offense would just destroy you. And I, I feel like this is sort of a, we're getting close to college football in the NFL. And I, I want to bet on that too. That's just fun to bet on. Well, you heard it here first, people. Kyle Dvorak compares Patrick oh, Mahomes oh, oh. to Brandon Whedon. 
Uh, I should also mention uh, that they uh, they did bring in Tyron Matthew, so that that could also help them on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we we I think feel pretty good about this team making the playoffs. But what do you think about their AFC and Super Bowl odds? You know, like are you willing to back them as you know essentially the favorites here? Ah. Uh. Back them as the favorites. I still think if they're being called the favorites, uh, it's still got to be the Patriots. Like history says it's the Patriots. And until it's not the Patriots, it's the Patriots. Is that is it? Is that too simple to say just because uh, like I, we talked about on the Patriots show, show, if you or the I, the Patriots show, the AFC show, <laughs> it pretty much it, was the Patriots. It's show. the Patriots show. <laughs> you know, like they are there's no way you can price them correctly as a book because you would seem foolish. So for me, I still don't know if I'd take them as the favorites. Maybe my favorite bet here is just over 10 and a half because I think the Patriots is where all the value is on these high, like high range of outcomes, Super Bowl AFC bets. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fading the, the Chiefs at this price. Like they cannot be better than they were offensively last year and they didn't make the Super Bowl. So it's, I, I think that they are far from a lock to make the Super Bowl this year. Uh, in a sport with so much variance, no interest only getting a five and a half to one to actually win the whole thing. Yeah, like I love, we love them. We love them. I love you, Patrick Mahomes. I was not comparing you, Brandon Whedon. Don't put that you bad. Are. Don't yes, put that. No, 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 no. Don't put that mess out there. I'm saying they're built in similar ways as teams. Uh, but yeah, you know, we're looking for value here. And I don't, I don't think this is it, unfortunately. All right, well, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Their over-under is set at 10 wins, but they are juiced 130 to the under. They are minus 230 to make the playoffs, plus 200 to win the division, uh, plus 625 to win the AFC, and plus 1500 to win the Super Bowl. So talk to me about the Chargers. Uh, on paper, this might be the most talented team in the league. That's my take. Uh, is that a crazy take? What are your thoughts here? No, I, I completely agree. Uh, it's almost shocking that Philip Rivers, with some of the talented teams he's had, has really never like been, I don't want to say successful quarterback, but like he's never had if Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls. Come on, Philip, what are you doing? This is a really talented team, and it's now or never for Philip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just look at what this team did last year, right? They won twelve games and they were missing essentially Hunter Henry, Joey Bosa, and Logan Verrett for the entire season. You know, they get all three of those players back this year. They are going to be starting the year without Derwin James, which is a a tough loss. But, you know, just getting those three guys back should be enough to to get to help them overcome that. Um, The problem with the Chargers is their coaching staff, which is just I wrote that they are not equipped for the modern NFL. Uh, They just are so content to run the ball and pound Melvin Gordon until they put themselves in the situation where they need, you know, Philip Rivers to come and bail them out. And if you look at their numbers last season, they were 26th in the NFL in offensive efficiency in the fourth quarter. And then they improved to fifth in the NFL over the final three. Uh, teams that are leading at the end of the first quarter typically win about 70% of their games. The Chargers had an average deficit of 1.25 points after the first quarter, and they became just the fifth team over the last 30 years to win 11-plus games with an average first quarter deficit of at least 1.2 points. So to me, that tells me that this team is just really poorly run, 
and they put themselves in bad spots and then make up for it late in the game just with sheer talent. Uh, and that's where I think that this Melvin Gordon holdout could actually be a benefit to them. Now, the, the new rumor is that he's going to be back before week one, which would really piss me off because I just drafted Zeke in my main, uh, my big fantasy league. And it sounded more and more likely like he's going to miss time. So if, if Zeke holds out and Melvin comes back, I'm going to be pissed. But regardless, we're not here to talk about my fantasy team. Nobody cares. Uh, if Melvin Gordon is out, they're just not going to be able to pound him into the line early in games. And it might force the Chargers coaching staff to actually do smart things like attempt a first quarter pass. You know, give Austin Eckler some early targets and on first downs. You know, get the ball to Keenan Allen early in the game. Uh, if they, like I already said, this team in terms of pure talent, best in the league, in my opinion, loaded on defense, and they have plenty of playmakers on offense with a pretty good quarterback. If they were just well run, I would have no problem taking the over here. Uh, I'm still going to lean over, but you just can't really feel good about it with Anthony Lynn at the helm. Yeah, I was, uh, as you were talking through this, I was not, I wasn't looking at our notes. I was looking up some other stuff and I was thinking like, oh, you know, maybe if Melvin Gordon holds out, especially given that Austin Eckler is not your prototypical between the tackles grinder right, exactly, and Justin yeah. Jackson for his size, I think he's six foot or six one is extremely underweight in terms of his size. He's got one of the lowest BMIs for a running back in the NFL. So you don't really have a guy who I feel confident giving the Melvin Gordon workload to. So in that sense, that uh, not only if you go to your backup running backs, do you expect to throw a little more, but their backup running backs are not your traditional running backs. So as you were saying that, I was thinking maybe Melvin Gordon is a good thing and you went exactly there. So I'm glad that's where you took it. Uh, I would also hate if Melvin Gordon came back because uh, this uh, contrarian sharp take that you have would not be able to come to fruition, even though I believe it to be the correct take. Like I, I'm f- full on board with this being the, the contrarian sharp take. And I want to see it come true. In terms of their defense, despite the loss of Derwin James for this foreseeable future, I think, would you take Joey Bosa over Derwin James if you are just running an NFL team? Yes. I feel like you have to. It's yeah. like, I love Derwin James. More I thought he was a great position. prospect. It's more, exactly. They are both the, some of the best young players at their positions. Defensive end is, is significantly, significantly more valuable than uh, Derwin James playing safety. So I, I think that's uh, you know a pretty simple way to put it, but probably the right way to put it. So for me, I see this defense improving. I see the offense improving with Hunter Henry, who was incredibly efficient uh, You know, going back to his time in college. Uh, I really like where this offense is going as a whole. I, I think if they are forced to make optimal decisions or you know in that rant in that realm that's like that's how you unlock the chargers uh minus 230 to make the playoffs not super interesting are you interested in plus 200 to win the division because this could come down to a single game and it's it's like a, a plus 200 to break a tiebreaker with Kansas City essentially if they split their games yeah i mean i i definitely think that they are a little underpriced to win the division I kind of like just the minus 230 to make the playoffs. I'll be honest. Like, I think that this team has too much talent to miss the playoffs. And I don't think that you're paying, you know, nearly as big of a premium as you should be with this team. I can get on board with that, too. I I really think that this team is, like, if you put them in a different division, they are the lock of all locks. Like, I would really like them. The only, like, honestly, the only thing holding me back from just going all in is having to play Kansas City twice. And if two games are scaring me off, like, I don't even know if that's a good reason to be scared off. Uh, I'll be on board with plus or minus 230 to make the playoffs. And I, I like 
plus 200 to win the division as well. Any interested in the Super Bowl at uh, 15 to 1 or AFC at plus 625? Uh, yes, I will take the Super Bowl odds at plus 1500. To me, this is an easy one. Like, do not bet them to win the AFC. Bet them to win the Super Bowl. And then if they win the AFC, you can hedge out if you want. Like, you're just getting so much better odds for them to win the Super Bowl than to win the conference that, to me, this is a no-brainer if you like this team. And I obviously do like this team. You just bet them to win the Super Bowl, hope that they get there, and then evaluate your option. Yeah, plus 625, then moving to 15-1 to is uh, sort of just like, it should steer you to 15-1 to for the Super Bowl all day, just like the... The numbers just don't add up. Absolutely. And I, not only do I think that like the numbers don't add up where you have to take the Super Bowl, but I, I just think it's good value regardless. Like I don't think plus 625 is awful for them to win the AFC, but if you're, if you're going that far, dude, 15 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, this is one of the most talented teams in the league. I, I like that a lot. Hell yeah. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. All right, it's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. Uh, First place guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it costs only $100 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread each week, and then climb the leaderboard to score your share of huge cash prizes. Uh, I mention this every week. I'm just super excited for this. Can't wait. Uh, I would only recommend a service to my mis- my listeners that's been very good to me, and that's why my bookie is always the right play. Uh, you bet, you win, and they pay, and they pay fast. Uh, I can speak from personal experience that their cash out process is pretty easy and and pretty quick. Uh, my bookie has live in game betting on every NFL game, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Uh, Sign up now and get yourself up to $1,000 as a first deposit bonus. They will double it. Uh, Use promo code ROTOVIS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z, when creating your account to claim that bonus. Uh, mybookie.ag, you bet, you win, and you get paid. All right, let's go Denver Broncos here. They are over-under is set at seven wins. They are plus 325 to make the playoffs. They're plus 1,300 to win the division, uh, 50 to 1 to win the AFC, and 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So I did very well on my futures betting last year, not to toot my own horn, but one of my big misses was the Denver Broncos. I actually thought that they had an outside chance to win the AFC West last year, which obviously sounds extremely comical given what the Chiefs did, what the Chargers did. So uh, what do you think of the Chiefs, of the Broncos this year, Kyle? Like, am I just an idiot? 
Uh, or... No, don't tell me. Do you, do you like them again? I do. I do. Oh, why? <laughs> I, do. I don't like... I feel like I... I... You have to explain this to me. Just go ahead. Just lay right. it on me. Because I just can't understand. I I don't. Well, listen. This is why, right? And I think that this is a big difference between the two of us is that you're pretty much focused exclusively on the offensive side of the ball. And I get well, that. I, I, yes. I, if there is a blind spot to me, it's defense. I, I get that. Yep. You look at the offense. You look at Joe Flacco. And it just makes you want to throw up in your mouth a little bit. But you look at this defense... And my goodness, they could be good. Uh, that was the big reason I believed in them last year. And I think their D is going to be even better this year. And they were good last year. They were sixth in early down success rate, fifth in defensive efficiency. Now you add Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan to that secondary, which was already good. You give me another year of Bradley Chubb. I think that this defense could cause some problems next year. Uh, they also have one of the better home field advantages in the league playing at Mile High Stadium. So I like all of that. I think this is a sneaky buy low spot. Uh, the main issue, obviously, is Joe Flacco. And especially considering that the offensive line he's going to be behind could be shaky. Uh, I don't dispute that. And Joe Flacco literally has been the worst quarterback in the league when pressured over the past few seasons. So... I see a situation where this team, you know, really bombs out with Flacco. But if he's bad, they can go to Drew Locke, you know, like, and I get that he hasn't looked great during the preseason, but this team does have options. They don't have to stick with Flacco for the full 16. So considering the defense, I'm taking the over, but after last year, I'm doing it a little more so cautiously this year. Yeah, I I agree. I really, I love watching this defense play because they have playmakers all over the board I love uh, like I like watching good defense as much as offense is fun like I, I think some of the best uh, the best games are dominated by defense in terms of entertainment but for me I, I just can't get past Joe Flacco and not only that but I actually thought uh, I thought well Joe Flacco is awful but they do have Drew Locke I don't have like I'm not sure Drew Locke has really shown as much uh, like to get excited about it all in college he averaged eight yards per attempt uh, per player profiler he's below average yards per attempt. He was, I mean, not, you can't call him bad in the preseason. He was atrocious. I had to check this like nine times. He averaged under five yards per attempt. Like he, like I get it. There is so much variance that goes in the preseason. Like I I won't, I don't think if he played a full season in the NFL, he would average under five yards per attempt. But do I think he will struggle if he gets in? I think he will struggle mightily if he gets in uh, behind a very bad offensive line. I just don't, I don't see those team scores points. They could hold you to like, they might hold you to 10 points and they'll still lose. Yeah. I mean, the, the rushing attack last year was very good. So, and now you hopefully add in Royce Freeman a little bit healthier. You know, I think that that duo, if used properly, can elevate their offense a bit. And Emmanuel Sanders, you know, being healthy is a big boon for them. You know, people love Cortland Sutton, big time college producer, you know, physical specimen type dude like it's really the quarterback play right like you the rest of the offense you would not say is terrible so as long as they don't get terrible quarterback production I think this defense can carry him I mean it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a team ride a defense and subpar quarterback play to a good season 
Yeah, I think for that reason, I might be more inclined to stay away than anything because I do think this is sort of a, a con. I don't want to say conflict of interest for me, but it is. Uh, I can't deny how good their defense is, and I think if they like that is given the fact that they were playing with an offense that was just giving the other team the ball all the time. Like it's not it's not easy to be a good defense when your offense is bad. So, I, I mean, all the credit in the world to them, and I think maybe this is just a stay away for me, but also I would be concerned with Philip Lindsay coming anywhere close to repeating what he did last year. Uh, I believe he was second only behind Aaron Jones in yards per carry, and, like, when you talk about stats that are repeatable, yards per carry might be, like, the most meaningless stat ever in terms of what you can expect year to year, but it did help them a lot on the offense last year, so I think their offense might the rushing game, it's almost bound to regress at least a little bit in terms of the amount of touchdowns Philip Lindsay scored and his yards per carry. So for me, I it's a stay away from me because you make a compelling argument. I can't disagree with all of what you put forth, especially for the, the defensive side of the ball. And by the way, I do full wholeheartedly agree with the Philip Lindsay thing, but I think that Royce Freeman should be able to pick up some of that slack because he was not good last year, and I think he's a prime candidate for some positive regression so if those guys kind of go in the opposite directions of each other i think that overall it could sort of even out in the aggregate all right i i think uh, i want to find uh, i'll find this before the end of the show their odds they seem almost a team like that could hit the over or if their offense collapses they could get the first overall pick like they have a sort of wide range of outcomes in that like defenses carry teams all the time it happens every year a team like like I think even uh I would I wouldn't classify Chicago as bad on offense, but their defense was a star, no doubt. And even when you look at like Super Bowl Peyton Manning, that final Super Bowl, like he was so unbelievably bad. And I mean, it's Denver. He was so bad and they won a Super Bowl because their defense is great. So it is not impossible, but I think their their range of outcomes has like worst team in the league in that subset. All right. I don't agree with that, but but let's <laughs> move on. Uh are you ready for me to sell you now on the Oakland Raiders? What is going on? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, kidding. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, Their over-under is set at six wins, minus 125 on the under. They're plus 350 to make the playoffs, which how can that be correct? Uh, they're plus 2,200 to win the division, plus 5,000 to win the AFC, and 100 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So uh, I mentioned my my success last year with the with the Futures. Oakland Raiders under eight wins was the lock of all locks. Uh, The lock of all locks. That was a situation, I mentioned it with the Floyd Mayweather thing. Go to the bank, try to take out a loan. Uh, Let's, you know, again, they just refused to give me the money when I asked for it. But uh, the Raiders under was was strong last year. I think I had that sucker locked up by about week 11. Um, They they splurged in the offseason, brought in a lot of guys. Headlined, of course, by Antonio Brown. Does it make a difference for them this year? I mean, like, does it make a difference? Is it a measurable difference? Yeah, it's a measurable difference. Having Antonio Brown on your team is a good thing. And honestly, I like Tyrell Williams, too. So does, like, do these additions matter? Yes. Well, put them over six wins? I don't think so. Uh, they've got one of the hardest schedules, especially when you look at the early season. I expect them to... Uh, the Broncos week one, they host them. So, you know, I, I, I like the Broncos more than I like the Raiders. So I don't know. That's close. Maybe they get a win there. Uh, they then host the Chiefs, probably a loss. They go to the Vikings, loss. Colts, loss. Uh, I believe I believe this is listed as they host the Bears. But I want to say this is a London game. Uh, 
not looking good there. Packers not looking good. I love the Texans. Really, their second win could not maybe come until like November. Uh, that scares me, not only because like you don't want a team to have one win heading into November, but I, I honestly believe that if uh, Antonio Brown's team goes whatever that is, like one and eight, he might not play the rest of the season. <laughs> like he is legitimately insane. I and also it's think so it's kind of funny that they also brought in Vontez Perfect, who literally tried to kill Antonio Brown in a playoff game. This is like when LeBron brought in all of his enemies. Like, it, uh, who all did he bring Lance, in? He brought in Lance. Lance. Stevens. It was Lance, but also he kind of like beefed with Rondo, I think, before, and they brought him in. Like, it was just you knew he was plotting their downfall. <laughs> and I sort of think there's something evil brewing underneath the Oakland Stadium. Uh, under six is not the lock of the century like it was last year because it's just a lower total for a team that improved. Yeah, but it still feels like, um, yeah, this team's really, really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, they literally replaced all five starting, you know, skill position players. If you think that Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs obviously start uh, to go with Williams and Brown, like, completely different offense. Like, you're starting to see this this as the unit that uh, Gruden wants to build. And they're spending a tremendous amount of money on the offense, six most in football. And as a result, their defense is going to be atrocious. 31st uh, in terms of salary cap spent towards defense. You know, they did use two first-round picks on defensive players, but I just don't see really any talent on this team. Uh, you know, maybe Cleland Farrell has a big rookie year, but I thought that that pick at four was kind of a reach back then. It was, yeah, it was not, it, like, could he be the number four worthwhile overall pick? Sure. Like, there are a lot of DNs in this draft class that were good. But did they have to take him there? No. Like, I think these give you sort of the insights into the minor dysfunctions in this organization. Then the Josh Jacobs pick, I think we can all agree that taking – not only taking a running back. Like, I don't like taking a running back in the first round. But taking a running back who was a committee back in college. And he was, like, the lesser rushing half of the committee in college. Like, there are so many red flags on his profile. He could be good. But – is he going to make a significant impact? I mean, do running backs ever make a significant impact? Eh, arguably, maybe sometimes. I don't think Josh Jacobs is that by a long shot. That's a pick I feel like in terms of wins added to the team. Probably wasted their number four pick on Cleveland Farrell. Could have been used better. And I like Jonathan Abram, but, uh, you know, a, a rookie safety not named Derwin James. I, I'm not sure if it's that much of an improvement. Jonathan Abram, star of hard knocks so far. Is it Salmon or Salmon? Not sure. Um, I actually like Josh Jacobs from a fantasy perspective. Oh, I, I love him from a fantasy perspective. But like you said, he, that's not going to bring a ton of of real life value to this offense. Um, I think Antonio Brown is going to be longing for his days in Pittsburgh. You know, nothing makes you appreciate what you had, like just Derek Carr. <laughs> so, uh, the offensive line, you know, not particularly impressive, especially since. Richie Incognito, who probably shouldn't be in the NFL, but he is. He's going to be suspended at the beginning of the year. Uh, there's just not a lot to get excited about here, except for the fact that you have eight more years of John Gruden at $10 million a pop left on that bad boy. So way to go, Oakland. Uh, as usual, no one knows what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, I, I found, I, it's in our DM somewhere. I have, there's like John Gruden as like, I don't know, like 50 or a hundred to one as first head coach fired. And he would be 
the in terms of if you look at the success of a team, I think he should be the first head coach fired. But given how much money they spent, I think uh, it's probably a Hugh Jackson situation where they're just like they're just going to sunk cost fallacy this all the way for maybe the next five five to ten years. Like it's it's going to be exciting to see how many games this team can lose. <laughs> they cannot fire him. Could you imagine eating eighty million in dead coach money? It's just not. It's just not going to happen. Given how. <laughs> dysfunctional they are would that not be the funniest thing ever Uh, it'd be it'd be hysterical oh god so slam the under all right let's talk some props uh i want to start with some Mahomes stuff i mean he's basically the favorite in all the passing awards he's the favorite to take home the mvp uh i personally think you have to fade him at, at at the bare minimum in the mvp race but i'm probably fading him across the board um, the only back-to-back MVPs in league history, there have been a couple. Peyton Manning did it twice. Brett Favre did it. Joe Montana did it. Jim Brown did it. That's it. Are we ready to put Pat Mahomes in that category? I'm not. So uh, I think you have to fade him. You're only getting 5-1 to one to win the MVP at my bookie. Uh, and I think you have to fade him in, in the other passing categories as well. I mean, I'll, I'm willing for you to try to talk me out of it, but... I have my mind pretty much made up on that. Nah, I'm with you. It sucks when you're like, oh, we got to fade Patrick Mahomes, like the GOAT. The, like truly one of the best fantasy seasons, one of the best seasons as a quarterback ever. But like, it's literally just doesn't happen. Like you can, you know, if you want to, we'll call it regression uh, because we're nerds. But you can just look at the history of quarterbacks. Like no quarterback, uh, one quarterback has thrown over 5,000 yards uh, twice, not even like in consecutive seasons, although his were Drew Brees is the only guy who has ever repeated 5,000 yard seasons, uh, like 50 touchdown seasons, never been repeated. These are just like, he's not going to do the same things again. And it, it's probably not going to be close when you look at uh, both of uh, it was Manning and it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady threw 50 touchdowns. Both of them averaged like, uh, it was like over 15 touchdowns less in the following season. And they can still be very good. And the chiefs can still win a lot of games. But you just don't see these repeat things happen, like, almost ever. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Fame. I'll tell you where I'm buying the Chiefs in the prop market. Damian Williams to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. You can get that at 25-1. to 1. Um, We expect this offense to be very, very good, right? Uh, Carlos Hyde had—or, I'm sorry, who is the guy that they— Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. He had seven rushing touchdowns through 11 weeks. Williams had another four— and Spencer Ware had two. If Williams can carve out that role for himself, and I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but if Williams can carve out, you know, a bell cow type role, and they see some regression in terms of Mahomes' passing touchdown numbers, I think Williams could pick up some of the slack on the ground. So, you know, you're getting essentially the best offensive team in the league. You're getting their RB1 at 25 to 1 to lead the league in touchdowns that's very appealing to me yeah I've actually been fading him super hard because I think uh, this is where I think the biggest uh the biggest fork in the road for like fantasy and betting is for me as I've been fading him super hard the the history of guys to break out in their sixth year as undrafted free agents is basically non-existent and all of them have these prior smaller breakouts of like 100 fantasy points or more uh and Damian Williams doesn't have that. He doesn't have a season of over 50 carries in regular season on his resume. But is what you said totally in his range of outcomes and is 25 to 1 good value for that? 
Yes. So I think you can still be fading him in fantasy while recognizing there is value that he has a like easily within his range of outcomes. When you look at the uh, the rate he was scoring at last year going through the playoffs and in the final regular season games that he like if they give him a significant role on the best offense in the NFL, uh, there is absolutely a chance. And is it better than 25 to one that he leads the league in uh, rushing touchdowns? Absolutely. So I can I'm fine fading him in fantasy and still saying this is within his range of outcomes because my goals are different. This is to find like plus value in fantasy in the early rounds. For me, it's about finding like high floor players because you it's, it's hard to win your fantasy season in the first three to four rounds. But it is easy to lose them. You know, ask Le'Veon Bell, even David Johnson owners last year. So I, I think this is where the goals are different. And what I love about doing this show is that like I can find different ways to leverage the same player in different ways. Like it, it's. Very interesting, and to me, I think twenty five to one is good odds, even if I pay it. Yeah, I like this this touchdown prop. Like there are a couple of guys that I think are just you know underpriced. We talked about Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, you that was a great find. That's one of the best bets that uh, like either of us. I just think that's one of the most plus value. Like we have seen year over year how much how many touchdowns this team uh, or the how many touchdowns the Patriots can produce. Like I I love that bet. Yeah, so I'm gonna be, I'm definitely gonna have exposure to to both of those guys in that. Uh, let me let me talk to you about one other bet that I I'm kind of intrigued by. So the Chargers, right? We talked maybe that without uh, Melvin Gordon, they pass the ball a little bit more, and they have two legit big time red zone threats in Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. You could get either one to lead the league in. Uh, receiving touchdowns at 66 to one. Do either of those tickle your fancy? Um, as a member of team regression, Mike Williams will never be on any of my bets or anything because when you look at the guys who put up the insane, like I think he has the second highest touchdown rate on like qualified receivers in the past, like 15 to 20 years. Uh, that's uh, I actually pulled that up on the Rotoviz um, screener app, which is super, super cool. It's like uh Shoutouts to Hassan Rahim of Rotoviz, who hopped on a call with me a few years ago and taught me how to use it. And it's like my go-to app at Rotoviz. Uh, the guys who put up the insane touchdown rates that he did, they don't repeat. And they lose about half of their touchdowns in the following year. Not touchdown rate, just half. Like, this is accounting for a lot of these guys getting increased in volume. So I, I, I'm like total team fade, Mike Williams. How about Hunter Henry? You could sell me on that. I think Hunter Henry is actually a sort of the arbitrage in fantasy and in the betting market to Mike Williams, given that if you don't expect like Philip Rivers, wasn't throwing like touch or throwing Patrick Mahomes level touchdowns. He was good last year, but like, it's not like he is going to come plummeting back down to earth. So if you expect him to throw somewhere in the same ballpark of touchdowns, uh, that could be Hunter Henry who ends up picking up those touchdowns off of the Mike Williams regression. So I don't think, I think if you're, if you're asking me to pick one, it is, Hunter Henry, and it is that by leaps and bounds. Yeah, I like Henry as well here. Um, he's got 12 touchdowns in his career on 115 targets. He's just good. Uh, if you look basically since uh, over 2016 and 2017, we're throwing out last year because he didn't play. He was the second most efficient uh, receiving target. Not tight end. Receiving target in the league. So... I think he's good. Uh, I don't think that's a hot take. It's just whether or not he could stay healthy. I think that he will, uh, should approach double digit touchdowns. I don't know if he can really lead the league in them, but I do think that I'm willing to find out at, at 66 to one. 
All right. Yeah, I am on. I'm on board with that. Uh, a, I'm on board with Hunter Henry being hashtag good at football, and uh, that value at six six to one is is really good. Anything else stand out to you here from a prop perspective? No, I I really I'm actually glad you brought the Hunter Henry one because of how much I'm fading Mike Williams and how much I don't think like Philip Rivers necessarily has to come down in touchdowns. I think that was uh, maybe the sharpest prop you can get in this division. All righty. Uh, thank you again to my bookie for sponsoring this prop. Head o- or to this podcast. Head over to uh, mybookie.ag. Use promo code Rotoviz and get a deposit bonus. Up to $1,000. For Kyle, who you can find on Twitter, at KyleTweetsHere, I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home.